It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 17th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Coming at you a little bit later today on a Tuesday, we'll talk all our... Yeah, on a Tuesday, sorry, forgot what day it was for that for a second. Uh, we'll talk all about the Magic's upcoming game against Utah Jazz. At the end of this episode, we'll also talk about the NBA trade deadline as trade season is officially open around the NBA. We'll talk all about that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network. By searching wherever you download podcasts for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail. This podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Utah Jazz? Check out Locked On Jazz, whether it's pregame or recap. You want to look ahead to Wednesday's game against the Denver Nuggets? Check out Locked On Nuggets. No matter who your favorite team is or your least favorite team is, the team you're just curious about or wherever in between, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Check out all those great podcasts, both our national podcasts, Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Uh, the Duncan and Hollinger NBA podcast and rejecting the screen as well. Whether it's NBA, MLB, NFL, college, or NHL teams, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered. Search for them wherever you download podcasts today. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. December 15th is a big day in the NBA calendar. It is the day that players who signed with new teams over the summer, become trade eligible. It is the unofficial opening of the NBA trade season. Now, granted, these nice calendar dates help out a little bit and help us kind of under, you know, kind of help us set, you know, kind of clear demarcation lines. But yes, GMs and executives talk all the time. The trade deadline is never too far away. And everyone is always talking and evaluating their players as well as other players too. But December 15th is the first day that teams can actually do, do things. And so for us, you know, who track these teams, it is the first time that we can really begin seriously discussing trades. Already Orlando has been involved in plenty of rumors. Uh, DeMar DeRozan was reportedly uh, uh, being shopped around or being inquired about and the Magic were one of the teams connected to him. There will surely be others, and I do expect the Magic to be fairly active at the trade deadline. But I don't necessarily expect them to do anything, or not anything in the way that people think. We are more than a quarter of the way through the season. The Magic are sitting at 12-14 and 14 as we record here on Tuesday. They are sitting in 8th place in the Eastern Conference, a game ahead of the Detroit Pistons. And At about this time of year, and really over the next 15-20 to 20 games, Teams will begin to separate themselves. Teams will begin to fade out of the playoff picture. Teams will begin to rise and stay in that hunt. 
teams will solidify their spots in the playoffs. And if you look at the Eastern Conference standings right now, it is very crowded as, as there are not a lot of very good teams. But as you look at the Eastern Conference standings, the top six and seven teams have separated themselves a little bit. The Magic are trailing there at eight with Detroit at nine. And maybe a few teams like Charlotte and, and I, I think even Chicago still hanging on. But the Eastern Conference standings look about how I think we expect them to look by the end of the year. Or at least at, close to it. And really, statistically, by about game four, you know, by about the midpoint of the season, maybe a little bit earlier, the eight teams, or like six or seven of the eight teams that will make the playoffs in each conference will be in place or will be in the field. You may not know where they finish, but they will be in the field. And so if you're the Magic sitting there at eighth place at 12 and 14, you're both encouraged and discouraged. And how you attack this trade deadline, how you attack the next two and a half months, three, or three months, as far as transactions, how you attack it deter- is determined by what your ultimate expectations were for the season. If you believe the Magic were destined to fight for home court advantage and be a five, you know, be no worse than six, then yes, you are right and should be disappointed with how the Magic have played. Their defense has been good, but inconsistent and not at the level that it needs to be at. The offense has been abysmal. Aaron Gordon has failed to take a step up and the inevitable injuries have kind of slowed the team down a ton. There is plenty of reason to look at this team and understand that yes, there are fundamental flaws. And I do mean that. Fundamental flaws, big picture flaws with this team that don't have clear answers internally. Maybe you thought that Aaron Gordon would take that next step internally and that hasn't happened and so things are slowed down. So this is all, again, to kind of say that how you viewed what this Magic team could be might change how you attack the trade deadline. If if you're like me, and believe that this Magic team, you know, was probably going to be the 7th or 8th seed again. And that all that really mattered was making the field and showing signs of growth with the young players so that you have a path forward. The Magic are about where you expected. I certainly didn't expect them to maybe be 12 and 14 and struggles in the, struggle in the ways that they did. But I also recognize that the Magic haven't played great. And yet, they're hovering around 500. They're in position to make the playoffs and in position to kind of achieve that goal and confirm that last year was no fluke. If the Magic do start to put things together, which I kind of do think they are. I mean, I thought the 11 games without Nikola Vucevic went a lot better than I, than, I, than I thought they would. That if the Magic piece things together, they are capable of making a run to kind of push for that 6th or 7th seed once again, just like they did last year. Their schedule at the end of the year after the All-Star break sets them up for another run toward the playoffs. And for sure, Orlando is ahead of where they were last year at this point of the season. There is a different poise and composure about this team. And yeah, I think the bottom of the Eastern Conference is a whole lot worse. Having said that, I think both parties, the the group that thinks that the Magic should be fighting for home court advantage with this team and with what they have, and the party like me that's a little more conservative that thinks that this is still a, that this is a playoff team that's kind of where they are, just growing and developing internally, 
No matter which camp you're in, I do think we can all agree that this team has, unfortunately, a ceiling. The offense is just too inconsistent. There is not enough scoring and not enough creation. Sure, Markel Fultz has been a great development and a young player that Magic should continue to foster and grow and, frankly, put more trust in. And that trust will grow as the season moves on. And as I've told people, I treat Markel Fultz this year like a rookie. So next year is going to be about skill development and that's where you'll see growth. Jonathan Isaac has been a defensive monster who is slowly growing his offensive game, but he is not the featured player on this team and probably shouldn't be yet. So the team is still running its offense through Evan Fournier and through Nikola Vucevic, mostly through Nikola Vucevic. And a roster built like that, you know, has its limitations. Because there's just not enough shooting, especially coming off the bench, there's just not enough shooting to make it work. And if the defense isn't elite, and the Magic's defense right now I think is ranked 11th in the league, if the defense is not elite, there are some major holes that get exposed and major holes that need to be filled and need to be need to be considered. So again, the question is ultimately how do the Magic break free from that mold. The trade deadline is very tricky. Rocking the boat mid-season with a major trade of a major player is difficult to do. If you look at the big deals that are done over the course of the previous seasons, they're usually looking at players or teams that make these deals that send out kind of young players that they don't have much use for or aren't using as, as much for more established stars. It's usually a lopsided deal. And so I asked this question, if the Magic are supposedly going to be getting a better player, and, and I don't think the Magic should do any deal that does not make this year's team better. They're not looking to salary dump Aaron Gordon. They're not doing salary dumps. They're not going to salary dump Evan Fournier. They want a deal that makes this team better and no deal should be done that doesn't make this year's team better while also still setting the team up for the future. It is a tough needle to thread. They need a lot. But I don't think the big move comes this year. Because frankly, the Magic are accomplishing or are on pace to accomplish what they want to accomplish. This year's season as much as it might pain fans who want the team to push for more, and absolutely the team should push for more. I'm not saying be satisfied with a 7th or 8th seed. But my belief is the plan this year was to let this roster grow and see what its limits are. You may already They may already have had an inkling of what those limits are. But the key was make the playoffs again. Prove last year wasn't a fluke and prove that you are a consistent winner even on a small scale in this league. Doing that improves the value of your players because it proves what they can do on winning teams. It makes you more attractive to perhaps a disgruntled star who's looking for a new situation. It allows young players like Jonathan Isaac, like Markel Fultz, like Mo Bamba to play in meaningful games. And that is the greatest developer of all is playing under winning pressure. 
Not overwhelming winning pressure like like Fultz to, like Fultz had in Philadelphia, but winning pressure nonetheless. Iron does sharpen iron in a lot of ways. And like I said, while I don't think the Magic have played to their potential this year, there is a poise and a composure about them that I think they only could could have gotten from playoff experience. I do think that this year's team is better simply because they went to the playoffs last year. And you can feel it. I think I, I think you can feel it. The bottom line is, if the Magic are going to take that next step, if the Magic are going to get to that next level, however you want to define it, if the Magic are going to get there, it's going to take a major move. I understand Evan Fournier has a player option this summer and, and that makes him tantalizing to trade. And I would approach his his deadline options for the Magic the same way I approach Nikola Vucevic's. The playoffs are too important to give to kind of cash in that chip if, if he is that vital and you can't get better adding someone else. And again, the Magic have such so such few shooting options it'd be tough to do. The Magic are going to have to make a major move to one of their core players to get better. I know sometimes on Twitter I defend this team a little bit too much, and and I'm taking a short-term view. But I do agree that this group has a little bit of a ceiling. This is not a championship group, and if the goal is ultimately to win a championship, the Magic will have to seek ways to get the roster better in fundamental ways. The offense is just not good enough. Not every night. As many people have observed, and I would agree with this observation, the Magic need a drinkster. They need that dude, as I often call some players in this league, who can just take over games and lead the team to victory. And the Magic just don't quite have that yet. I don't know if Isaac has that killer instinct in him, and maybe that'll develop over time. Markel Fultz is interesting and, and still still growing and developing, but this team still needs a little bit something extra to get over the top. But what I don't believe is the trade deadline is the time to find that. I do anticipate, I don't think the Magic will stick with the same roster or bring back all the same crew for another year. If they finish the 7th or 8th seed, that will accomplish their goal for this season. But it will also tell them they will need more to take the next step. And that risk, that trade is going to be the one that defines a lot of things for Jeff Weltman and his group. So I don't mind them being patient and waiting for the right move or, or searching for the right player to get them over the top. And frankly, especially in a summer where there aren't a lot of free agents, and so I think trade the trade market will be robust in the summer as teams look for ways to improve and tweak their rosters without using free agency, I think the summer will be the time to make that move. Not now. Not before February's trade deadline. Of course, we're sitting here talking about this in December. A lot can change before then. A lot can change before February 6th when the trade when the when pencils go down and the trade deadline passes. The big thing that can change is a team could start losing a lot more and kind of throw it in for the season. The Magic could start winning a lot more and decide to, to hold steady. Or the Magic could start losing and decide that they need to make that move now if the opportunity comes around. A lot can still happen. 
But as we sit here today, I would say the Magic are best thinking small before the trade deadline. They have DJ Augustine's expiring contract. They have Wessel Wundu's expiring contract. Both those players are not particularly, you know, uh, DJ, DJ's been useful. But they have Michael Carter-Williams. If they could add another shooter off the bench, another rotation-level shooter, I think that would be ideal. So you can move Michael Carter-Williams back to the point, to point guard and, and run, run a shooter next to him. Because those Carter Williams Augustine lineups, or those Carter Williams Fultz or Augustine Fultz, Augustine Fultz lineups actually worked, but um, I don't think there's those lineups are necessarily the, the best. Otherwise, I think the big move comes in the offseason. I think that this is the roster the Magic plan to and want to go through the season with. They want to understand and know its limits. And knowing Steve Clifford. He's someone that believes a team gets better as the season goes on. That's what happened last year. And the schedule sets up for them to make another push again toward the end of the season. So frankly, despite the Magic struggling, and I think we would all agree the Magic have not played to their potential, frankly, the Magic are where they need to be. The Magic are in a good spot. They are in control of their playoff destiny. They are hovering around 500. They are in the race. And... It still feels like they are coming together and getting better. Honestly, the 5-6 and six run when Vucevic was out was encouraging to me because it showed that they are starting to put the pieces together. They're still inconsistent in areas that they need to be more consistent and don't get me wrong. And the game against the Jazz here and the Nuggets, this road trip is a big one to, to try and bank some wins and, 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 and kind of come together a little bit more clearly. But I do think the Magic are in a good spot. And I don't think it's quite time to make that all-in move. That inevitably has to happen. February 6th is still a long way off, though. And things in this league tend to change very, very quickly. If you're a Spotify listener... Use Spotify Wrap to show us your top Locked On podcast for the year. Take a screenshot and tag us at Locked On Live and at Locked On Magic on Twitter, and we will share and retweet. We want to see how you listen to the Locked On Podcast Network. Also, if you're looking for a last-minute fun sports gift for the holiday, go to BreakingTea.com slash Locked On. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around teams' passion moments. Great for all fans. Go to BreakingTea.com slash Locked On, and then feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So let's turn our attention now to Tuesday night's game against the Utah Jazz. The Orlando Magic continue their four-game road trip up in Salt Lake City against the Utah Jazz. And, you know, I looked at the Jazz's statistical profile and I watched their game against the Golden State Warriors uh, from Friday night. The, the Jazz haven't played since Friday night. And I'm seeing a team that is eerily similar to the Orlando Magic in so many ways. This is a team that has struggled offensively. 
And when you watch their offense, and I know they played their last five games without Mike Conley, and Conley is listed, as I'm recording this, as probable for Tuesday's game. So I expect that he will play against the Magic. But I watched that team, and it's a team that clearly has a lot of fun and interesting offensive weapons between Joe Ingles and Donovan Mitchell uh, and Boyan Bogdanovich, who we know is going to have a big game against the Magic because he always has a big game against the Magic. They have a lot of interesting offensive options, and they have some good shooters, actually. This team should be a lot better offensively, but they still struggle to move the ball consistently. They're like the Magic in a lot of ways. The Magic work really well when they move the ball and they can pass and cut freely, but when they're forced into one-on-one action, even though the Jazz have a guy in Donovan Mitchell who can break down defenses a little bit, when they get stuck in one-on-ones and they're not moving the ball, their offense is not very good. And too often, they've been stuck in that cycle. They've been stuck kind of playing that game where they're unable to move the ball consistently. Just like the Magic. Now, the Jazz are better shooters in the Magic. They have better offensive players, and bringing back Mike Conley is going to make them a lot more difficult to handle. This game is going to really be a battle between the starters. If Orlando can kind of break even, There's you know that that, that would be considered a little bit of a win because Utah is a very strong starting lineup. But when you go on the defensive end, this Jazz team isn't living up to its defensive potential either. The Magic and the Jazz have very similar defensive ratings. So they're both in the kind of borderline top 10 in the league in defense. So they're both good defensive teams, but not the great defensive teams that everyone anticipated. Rudy Gobert is obviously Defensive Player of the Year candidate every year. He's a, he's a rim protector. He is the best rim protector in the league, probably. He, he changes shots at the rim. But for whatever reason, this Jazz team has been disconnected on both ends of the floor. What's funny about this, though, is Utah is off to their best start under Quinn Snyder. This is a team that usually starts low and picks up steam late. So I, I, there, you read a lot of stuff about the, uh, from Jazz fans and, and on, jazz, on Jazz media, and there is this kind of overarching concern that, that there's something very fundamentally wrong with this team. And, and Utah as much as any team in the league is probably going to be active at the trade deadline because Utah's all in on this season. They 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 want to win this season. And they believe they can win this season, that they they are at least a borderline title contender, at least do what Portland did last year. So Utah is in Utah is a dangerous team. Don't get me wrong. And I and I think that they obviously, while their statistical profile is similar to the Magic's, they are a better team than the Magic. Or they should be a better team than the Magic. The record's certainly better than the Magic is at this point. Utah's big weakness, though, isn't their their disconnection. Because disconnection, they can figure out. Their biggest weakness right now is their lack of overall depth. If you think the Magic don't have a lot of shooting coming off their bench, the Jazz's second unit is is rough. They're run, I mean, they're running Jeff Green out there. The, 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 as Magic fans should know what that means. They've got Emmanuel Moutier essentially playing the two coming off the bench. They have to really stagger their starters, and Donovan Mitchell's left carrying a bench group that, you know, he's not quite capable of carrying at this moment. And so Utah is, Utah's a really inconsistent team. There's a lot to like about them, and when they play well, they play really well. They, they can be a really deadly team. But all those pieces haven't quite come together yet. All those pieces, you know, they're still figuring each other out, it seems. And they're talented enough to win in the meantime. So to me, this game's going to come down to who defends at a higher level. 
and who gets the ball moving. Utah's actually playing at a faster pace this year than I think they ever have. And, you know, Conley running and managing things is a big part of that, even though he's more of a, a slower player as far as pace. And so this game, this game's going to be about, you know, not getting frustrated, not getting sucked in too deep to, to, to go bear. So, you know, that, that Markel Fultz mid-range jumper has got to be on tonight if the Magic want to win. And the Magic got to make three-pointers. They got to defend the three-point line and they got to make three-pointers. And the Magic are hitting threes at a good rate right now. But they got to defend the three-point line better. The, the Jazz beat the Warriors on Friday essentially because Bojan Bogdanovic hit eight threes. And again, the Magic... Struggle with Boyan Bogdanovic historically. So Orlando's got to be on point defensively at the three-point line if they want a chance to win. But like I said, these are two very similar teams. On this road trip, and, and Denver's a really, really good team, but Orlando's played Denver tough before. On this road trip, Orlando should feel they are capable of winning all four games. Will they? Probably not. But they should feel capable of doing so. Utah's had a long layoff, so they're, they, they're either, they'll either be sharp or a little flat coming out of the gates. Orlando's got to be willing to, to push and play their game. And if they can do that, they will have a good chance of winning the game. The Magic take on the Utah Jazz at 9 o'clock up at Vivint Smart Home Arena. We'll have a complete recap of that game on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Uh, again, the Magic play the Jazz at 9 o'clock. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter at, at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore md. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us live during the game at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 